Greetings. I'm Sonia Brooks, the Song Bee, and this is The Vibe Juice. Hello. You have stepped into The Vibe Juice. Thanks for vibing with me. This is Sister Sonia Song Bee, and we have Ali R. Rashid Black. Welcome back. Welcome, Black. And a welcome into a new year. Actually, we stepping into a whole new month. Happy uh, African American Black History Month. Ali, you got plans for the month to celebrate? Stay black. Stay black. Study black. And stay. Pray black. Stay woke. Meditate black. <laughs> love black. Work black. Love black. Love black. black love is revolutionary, folks. I didn't know if you. I don't know if you know it, but black love is revolutionary. You know what? That's deep. We're gonna have to talk about that because that's that's. I mean, because when you think about the revolution of black love, we've got some true icons hot stuff going on, and some hot stuff going on, and just even historically, but relevant now. That, it's a beautiful thing. A very beautiful thing. Why do you think what it is about black love that is so outstanding and transcending? I think in a very basic way, because we have been downtrodden so fucking long, people are beginning to, to clearly comprehend mm. and accept mm. That me saying I love you mm-hmm. is not personal Eurocentric love. Mm. Right. That for those of us that are woke, when I can tell another black person I love them, mm-hmm. it means that I have I have transcended certain definitions of what they say black love is. Mm. And that's where the revolutionary part comes in. I saw a post on Facebook and the brother's whole point was, I love you beyond loving our oppressor. Mm. Wow. So when I say I love you, I'm talking about I actually, truly, fully love you and respect you like namaste. Correct. I recognize the spirit in you and the spirit in me recognizes the spirit in you. So therefore, when I say I love you, it's not some Eurocentric romantic bullshit that I've actually transcended with my definition I actually have my own definition of loving me and mine. That is so basic mm-hmm. that it 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 flies away from the the right left center. Yes, it mm-hmm. flies away from the radical versus the conservative. It flies away some so many definitions that they have given us to evaluate ourselves. That it means, oh no, I, I have a new definition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So therefore, black love is revolutionary because to love yourself and your kind is revolutionary. You know, it's so revolutionary that, uh, and it's so relevant of that power. It's almost going back to the late 60s, 70s during uh, black power. Now it is the revolution of black love. If I can tell you, and not as a cliche and say, I love you, brother, sister. I am saying to you that I understand you and reflect the depths of your soul, my soul, and our souls of our ancestors' ancestors, not just through the struggle through the uh, middle passages, but the beauty of the love of which that I want to connect with our eternal and our ancestry of pride and all that. I can love you through all of that and bring that full circle metaphysically to now that I can say the, the power of this love is just transcendence of beyond that respect. I reflect the respect of, of that which is me, and which is you, and therefore I love you. I truly love that which is me that reflects you. So if then the power I of love that, it. yeah. <laughs> so the power of that is is very deep and revolutionary. I would love to see this understanding and consciousness become more apparent and spread amongst not just Black Lives Matters, period, but even outside of that, period. Just See, and that, really. that, that's that's where the revolutionary part comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Che Guevara said, "True revolutionaries are motivated by love." Mm. love. I like that. Love. Mm-hmm. You have to have a deep, abiding, eternal sense of love for humans, right? in order to confront the powers that be. That's right. That's right. You know, and if I'm, I, you know, there's several leaders that talked about, you know, whether it was civil rights or, you know, whatever era. Uh, Malcolm X referred to that love, you know, uh, loving myself and my people doesn't mean that I hate you or I hate I anybody else. I don't even think about you. Right. I don't even think about you. Right. Because I'm focused on love. Who do I love? I right. love black people. Right. I love the global African diaspora. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, Malcolm X said, and that I, uh, this is, a, I believe, a quote, and I believe it's the fountain of truth, love, peace, and brotherhood. I am not a racist. I am against every form of racism and segregation and every form of discrimination. Yeah. But it, but at the same time, you know, I love my people. Me and mine. And so, therefore, you know, his quest to free my people of oppression it doesn't have to offend anybody else because of that. It actually 
complements the global struggle mm-hmm. to recognize humans over capital. Right. Think about that, folks. Mm. Think about that, because we live in a rampant capitalist madness. <laughs> okay? That's what I feel I've lived through my 70 years. So that means that when I can break away from that hatred of capitalism, Mm -hmm. when I can break away from all your isms, the isms you define, Mm -hmm. the what you use to facilitate continually, continuing to oppress me and mine, when I can say, well, my answer is, I love black. Period. Right. Regardless of your degree, regardless of your money, regardless of whether or not the empire has endorsed you, mm-hmm. in, in spite of all that shit, every brother, every sister out there trying to feed themselves and their families mm-hmm. is my love. And that's, that's, to me, that's the kind of thing that Malcolm X was talking about. Is that we have to redefine what love is. Exactly. Now, you know, and I, I not to, to, I don't want to uh, be unfair but uh, to Malcolm X, but to continue, the, the other part of that statement is that he said, I believe in human beings and that all human beings should be respected as such regardless of their color. How can anyone be against love? And especially love of life. How do you hook up to oppose that? Right, exactly. Unless you use what the empire has used, all the various definitions and sub sub definitions that they control. See, and that, that to me, that's one of the reasons why black love is revolutionary because when we step outside of what they think they control, we step into what we control. Hello. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Black love, y'all, transcending all day long on the Vibe Juice. <laughs> Every day, Vibing all day. all day. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it in this uh, uh, month of, it's not just a month. I'm just going to say this only because it's been given that name as Black History Month. But every month, as we know, should be Black Conscious Month. Black History is three, is, is, Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, every freaking year. If you use another calendar, Mm -hmm. it's the same fucking thing. (laughs) So when do you wake up? Only in February? I hope you wake up every day (laughs) after on this planet. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you just think about that when it comes, when March 1st come around. You don't stop the talk, you continue. And service to me and mine is my my breathing. Hmm. Yeah. Period. 
Hey. If I'm drawing breath, I'm drawing breath for us. Right. Walk the walk, talk the talk. Let's do this. So, uh, again, thank you for vibing with we. And on this uh, wonderful day in February, let's get into it. We've got uh, potentially law, uh, you all, for the first time in the history of America, that a black woman may be sitting in the Supreme Court. Uh, so uh, at least we're, that's what we're hoping. And apparently our uh, current uh, uh, fearless leader, uh, President Biden, has wants to fulfill a campaign promise. So uh, I'm going to pose a question and then we'll get right into it. And the question is that I have, what difference can a African-American woman make on the Supreme Court, y'all? I think I think first that our presence in this universe on this planet mm. makes a difference every goddamn day. Mm. Every fucking second of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. One of the things that unfortunately me and mine don't understand fully is that that is the truth. It's not just Ali's opinion. Mm -hmm. Wherever you find us, you find struggle. Mm. Wherever you find struggle, you find the opportunity to advance our interests. Yes. True. And that, for me, that for me is what it's really about. Mm, I don't have to agree with you. Right. We don't have to all get in lockstep. Right. And, yeah. Left, right, left, mm-hmm. right. That's not what's necessary. Mm-hmm. What's necessary is that we're in lockstep to defend us. This is certainly a time that's an opportunity. Uh, and what, you know, what it means. And I mean, I'm sure some people are chomping at the bit about it. However, uh, there's a real possibility that there is going to be an African-American woman sitting on the Supreme Court, denomination certainly will come into fruition. Uh, and we're talking about replacing Justice Stephen Brer, uh, Brer, uh who turned 83 last August uh, on the 15th, which just happens to be the same day as my rest in peace, my dear father, and, um, and his brother, uh, two years uh, older than him. Anyway, but uh, Justice uh, Stephen Breyer is from San Francisco. He was a Harvard, uh, attended Harvard Law School. And he stands on, he is a liberal, a Democrat. And I would say since Trump was in office, he was faced with tons of pressure from Democrats, particularly progressive and liberals, to please retire soon. Because what we saw with the last two Supreme Court, or has it been three, nominees all of a sudden be swept into damn near of, you know, right-wing uh, Republicans, which, in and, and relatively youthful ones who will be sitting there. For a long for a time. long-ass time. I think it's important that for our community and for other other communities, that are struggling to 
reassert their priority status in this country, I think it is critical for all of us to think about the fact that it's 6 3 now. Mm-hmm. If Breyer is replaced by a black woman, what could that mean? Yeah. I think another issue that, that we, the black community inside of the United States and the, the global African diaspora, mm-hmm. what we need to think about is what level of sophistication we're going to use to get who we want on the Supreme Court. Because I think the the powers that be believe that they are know-all do all, run all. Right. And what they say, that's it. Okay. So, and I say this only because of And we're still talking about a 6-3. That's not going to change anything. Right. For a long time. So, if in that 6-3, if one of those three is somebody who is disruptive, is somebody who is like Justice uh, Sotomayor, Sona Meyer. Meyer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. We could look at the beginning of chopping, reducing Mm -hmm. the influence of the six. I think one of the things that's important in terms of, and this is specifically related to getting a black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court, I think it is critical that we, those of African descent inside this fucking country, Mm -hmm. look at our nominees or potential nominees and figure out who brings the wherewithal to be a mole. M-O-L-E. Okay. And and so... And what you, what you mean by that? Please explain how that would be of service in serving. What well the what, benefit? What I mean is that I think there are probably, and it, I'm working on limited knowledge, mm-hmm. but I, I believe there's at least two, maybe three, mm-hmm. nominees, potential nominees. Now, that let, they, let me, go oh, on. Okay, so we've got. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, who is uh, coming out of the Court of Appeals in District of Columbia, a Harvard grad, law school. Uh, we've got Justice Leandra Cougar, Kruger, excuse me, California Supreme Court. Yes. Harvard College and Yale Law School. And then we've got a Judge Michelle Childs out of South Carolina, uh, U.S. Uh, District Court, who was appointed by Barack Obama. Right. So, so now, if you look at those three candidates, mm-hmm. and this is not a judgment of them, it's not, I don't know nearly enough mm. to make a full appraisal. But what I'm saying to those three mm-hmm. and to all those that want to support one of those three or all three, mm-hmm. we need to grow our sophistication in terms of how we deal with the empire. We need to know that one of those three mm-hmm. can survive 
the nominee process. Right. And be able to gradually reveal where they really are. Mm. Well, let's see what's a little information we get on, um, you know, and of course, we won't know as much. But let's look at Katanji Brown Jackson. This is the one that's out of the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals who who was... Uh, that D.C.? Uh, no, she's out of... Um, uh, oh, she is, District of Columbia. Yeah, District of Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So Jackson... Uh, Judge Jackson, she's 51 years old. She was recently confirmed in the Washington, D.C. Court of Appeals. And prior to that, uh, let's see. He, oh, uh, Barack Obama had nominated her as a district court, uh, a district court judge. And she was a clerk for Breyer. Breyer. Right, 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 right. 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 So that's that stands to that gives her a little bit of <coughs> excuse me that gives her a little bit of uh, um, you know a little bit of juice a little bit of juice I mean that helps uh, a little more on um, uh, on Miss Jackson uh, let's see she is what what is the 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 one I, what I want to know and what are the strengths of some of these people other than okay she she was born in Washington DC in her legal career let's see she also uh she was also a law clerk uh for let's see the district of Massachusetts and let's see her district service and rulings that may have some uh weight there uh she ruled in let's see 2013 on uh, the American Meat Institution versus the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Let's see, what other cases? She's had uh, um, a case against the Department of Health and Human Services. Let's see, ruled that the Food and Drug Administration violated the Administrative Procedure Act. Let's see, and failed to grant pharmaceutical companies uh, depumed market exclusivity for an orphan drug. Hmm. You know, that's one of the things is just re- read a little bit about some of the cases that they ruled on, you know, on these different uh, courts. And let's see. So in March 2021, President Biden, let's see, he announced that he intended to nominate Jackson to serve as the United States Circuit Judge for the U.S. Court of Appeals D.C. Circuit. It was sent to the Senate Huh. And he promised to uh, he promised uh, to nominate Jackson to the seat vacated by Judge Merrick Garland. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Well, we know what happened there. And Merrick Garland is now the Just, head of DOJ. Right. Interesting. So she mm-hmm. may have some yeah some yeah. real weight there. Huh. Well, especially in relation to the corporate powers Mm -hmm. that run this fucking empire right okay right huh interesting now i also was curious about the sister the california sister and just you know just just on strength uh what's her her background um now she's a little younger yeah 
Yeah, I think she's like 45. And, and that's why, you know, it's 50 ain't bad if you get on the Supreme Court. You know, if 45 we somebody, is even better. 45 is even better because we know what was um, they can be there to dog on death. 90s. So for uh, Breyer to step down at 83, which is which is good because we we need someone who's going to be around. We need to get a few more in there if we can. Well, this and this is something that to our audience I say, mm-hmm. keep in mind the nominee that that survives this process currently mm-hmm. is going to have a direct impact on the next one or two or three nominees. Right. So if I can get a 45-year-old black woman in there, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that almost made certain political figures refuse to support Sotomayor. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Was that they were like, well, I don't know, she's... She could be there a long time. <laughs> You're exactly fucking right. Yeah. That's what we want, just like y'all want. Yeah, exactly. Like they just appointed, um, uh, uh, what's the woman's name? Oh. Who was against uh, abortion or whatever. Well, so looking at um, Miss, or I should say, uh, Judge um, uh, Leandra Kruger. Or, or I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Is it Kruger? It is Kruger. Yeah, K R U G E R. Yeah, just yeah, like Kruger. the Kruger stores. <laughs> <laughs> so she has been, you know, at now she's 45 now, but she has oftentimes been the youngest uh, judge uh, or appointee in different positions. So, which is a good thing for her. Um, one of the things is she doesn't have like a lengthy career. Uh, history but let's see jerry brown he appointed her to the california supreme court that was in 2014 and one of the things to keep in mind Mm -hmm. with any and all of these nominees the political network that you come from is going to be the one you're going to have to ride with Mm -hmm. that's right jerry brown while some may want to call him less than, what I would say to those people mm-hmm. is that most of what Jerry Brown did as governor, mm-hmm. many of the things he did as governor, a few of the things he did as mayor of Oakland, right. okay, mm-hmm. all of those things are at the cutting edge of municipal and state politics. Right. Jerry Brown, while governor, created the first state-level solar solar power agency in the country. Which is huge. And look at us now. Okay. Right. But, you know, they're, they're, you need to do your homework. That's what I'm saying, basically. Right. right. I'm sorry. It's going to take some reading. And it's it is. It's going to take some thinking. It is. But remember... Those who participate in an allegedly democratic society without study are fucked. Hmm. Sorry, don't 
don't mean to be harsh. I mean, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Now, okay, so Juliana Michelle Childs, uh, she was born in 66, so that makes her about 56. And um, now this is the one who is uh, with the uh, District of Columbia, United States District Court. And she is known, she's been in that role since 2010, and she is known as considered an expert in labor and employment law. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because that's one of the things that's mm-hmm. missing mm-hmm. from the current Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Right. And one of the areas where the Supreme Court has rendered some rulings that I personally yeah. and professionally think yeah. are fucked up. Oh, come on now. The Supreme Court has has rendered quite a few rulings that's totally been uh, re- uh, the reverse of any civil rights Oh yeah. Actions, no, no, you know, no. uh Civil intended rights, from what's that? What's that? Exactly. What is that? <laughs> and that's what we've seen, total reversal from uh the sixties, you know, seventies intent, you know, of uh you know, these uh uh so called protections as we had hope. But, you know, of course, but you know, on the other hand, what we're looking at now, we're talking about now just finally nominating the only number two African-American that's ever, excuse me, the third to sit. They're good. Clarence, Clarence. Clarence don't count, as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't, but this is the legacy. Yeah. So that's who comes in next is very important. We Monumental. need a more po- posit- positive legacy. So it's important to do, really, to do your general uh, research because listen, we should want to know. We should want to be active. So in political magazine, you know, it's a, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very opinionated but relevant uh, commentaries. But anyway, there's an article that says why adding a black woman to the Supreme Court would be good for the GOP. Yeah. What do you think? Well, what uh, what I think is this one. As long One. as it ain't no Candace uh, on on the Owens. issue <laughs> on the issue mm-hmm. of adding a black person, mm-hmm. man or woman, mm-hmm. to the United States Supreme Court. What the GOP needs to do is the GOP needs some motherfuckers beyond mm-hmm. their current true blue. Okay, their, okay. their current died in the wool. Republicans, mm. MAGA, whatever, however you want to describe them. Right. They need people to build a party. Well, in their, the opinion and uh, their uh, popularity in, is, in approval is declining. Oh, I yeah. mean, all across the board with the across GOP. The board. Across all the across board. the board. Across the board. Right. Because more and more, and it's, it's, it's to me it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you put all your money, all your bets mm-hmm. in the basket with the El Duce, <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay. If y'all don't and know. then, wait, and then <laughs> have to wake up and realize that there are certain of your own are Republicans, GOP. There are certain of them who are saying, man, y'all don't went nuts. Man, what the fuck? 
Right, because even within their own party, the popularity, and also for the the El Duce, I just heard a a program discussing that, another podcast, how within people are starting because of all of what's been going on a lot lately with these cases coming out of New York, that they are realizing that it is not to their benefit. They need to separate and step away from all of that. Uh, Whatever you know, he got to deal with is on him. It's not GOP. Mm-hmm. It's Trump. Right. See. And if you stand in that, you know, that remember all of that high hoopla and support that, you know, Trumpism and, you know, I stand even for the candidates. They're starting, it it is starting to decline quite rapidly. It's not to your favor or benefit to continue. No, no. So. But I I think, I, I think, I really believe that it's very hard for the so called endorsed spokesman or spokeswoman mm-hmm. to read the tea leaves. Okay. Because there's too much going on on too many different levels. Okay? Even people that a year ago were staunch. Right. MAGA. Right. Okay? Now they're looking at Trump and all of his laundry list of shit. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, is that that's what we gonna roll our dice with this motherfucker? But why continue that, particularly after the fallout after January 6, twenty twenty one? That's one. All the course cases that are stacked up against him be, behind all of the the criminal activity and, and misuse of of funds and campaign money power. and et cetera. So and plus, there the demonstration, particularly associated with that capital. Uh, riot and so forth all is it's not only is it against you know for those within that party there's nothing that supports that embraces any type of diversity uh oh you've got all of these so-called people and younger people they don't even embrace the constitution it doesn't really even embrace women but you know i don't even think that means anything for those who are brainwashed right because it didn't mean anything but the when constitution right See that that that's an area that I think mm. is gonna rip their ass off, okay? Because even the people who are not well read, even the people who are not overtly prepared to engage in meaningful mm-hmm. exchange around constitutional issues, on and on. Mm-hmm. Even among them, when they see some of the shit that Trump is doing and what it leads to, then they're like, well, well wait a minute, hold it. I didn't say I rejected the Constitution. <laughs> but I, 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 I didn't say I rejected the foundation of this country, but. good or bad, but mm. now... It's sounding like if I support MAGA, if I support Trump. Your stock has eroded. How about that? I mean, bottom line. From $10 a share to 
80 cents a share. Right. And this is with all of the GOP. That's the whole GOP, yeah. Some of them are thinking, you know, now there needs to be another, a couple other options here. At least one. At least parties because this is it. And it stinks. And it stinks for a long time coming. So, and if you look at the, what the GOP has done and how they failed to respect, and we started this uh, podcast talking about uh, the radicalization of, of black love, the revolutionary. Black love is revolutionary. Let's just say love. But if you if you think about, the, it really it go, boils down to respect. If I respect that which is in me, then I can respect that which is in you. I can respect that. That is not how no. they have behaved no. <laughs> in the last four, five years, particularly. 40 years. In 40 years. But even if we just take the last Trumpism five, five and the, how they swept and, and undermined uh, Obama's attempt to, with his nominees for Supreme Court, totally undermined. Yeah. You know. Well, Merrick, Merrick Garland never was never reviewed. Got, he never got a, even a chance. And now they snatched it away. As far as as far as I'm concerned, if I was his opponent, mm-hmm. or in those that opposed him, mm-hmm. and he's now head of DOJ. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay. Hello. There's a reckoning. <laughs> Yes, there is. There's a reckoning let's, coming. Let's talk about and that. And that, that that reckoning, bringing it back around hmm. to a black woman mm-hmm. nominated, nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That's why I really hope that whoever gets it, that they have at least the potential, if not a solid commitment to not tell everybody everything all the fucking time. Okay. We need to get somebody on the Supreme Court who is sophisticated enough. Sophistication, yes. Okay. See, and that's what Sotomayor. 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 Sonia Sotomayor. Sotomayor. Yes. That's one of the reasons I strongly supported her mm-hmm. because I'll ne- I, honestly, I can't forget mm-hmm. the first interview I saw mm-hmm. in the first sentence, mm-hmm. two sentence, mm-hmm. I'm a New York Rican. I love it. I know people. I liked her right away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did. I, I loved her because really? I know people who that's how they describe themselves. I, I agree with you. And you know what it also says? She came out with righteous indignation before she even got, got in. there. She's letting you know. I knew it. And I read, I said, you know what? She all right. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to be a bee under the bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I love the fact that she, Regardless of mm-hmm. Clarence, mm-hmm. regardless of the rest of them people, mm-hmm. she has specifically, consistently mm-hmm. stated her position. She, one thing I knew about Judge Sotomayor, 
that this was going to be a woman that was going to stand her ground that was had no she was very clear coming in coming in i was this before i called before y'all called me right what you think i'm gonna do she was very clear and there wouldn't be any waffling with this woman at all Mm-mm, she didn't need to toil she wasn't this is not who you got this is someone who is clear and absolute now does she need to be more on the team yes we need more on the team but see that's what that's why I'm asking everyone mm. if you're listening to this podcast I'm asking everyone listening to understand what it requires to infiltrate mm-hmm. the existing powers. Talk about it. And break that ass down. Talk about it. And what See, because means. they tried their best. I remember in her, her confirmation hearings, mm-hmm. they tried their best to imply that she had been a supporter of Puerto Rican independence. Oh, yes. I was going to say, do you remember when she went through her hearing? I remember. (laughs) And she was like, yes. You know what they were trying to say in that. That No, they said it. It was loaded. They said it, babe. They said it. Hey, she's a Puerto Rican motherfucker. We don't support Puerto Rican motherfuckers. Do we want somebody that's revolutionary? Remember those group of Puerto Ricans that they imprisoned? Yes. And there's only been two other cases Mm -hmm. like that in the history of the United States. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What were those cases? Do you remember? They, they were very similar, similar very similar. Right? But I'm saying, but the case with the Puerto Rican community and the Puerto Rican nation, right, was that they openly said, "We are doing this because Puerto Rico will not be defeated. We will not be pimped." Mm-hmm. Okay. okay yeah. So therefore, yeah, you damn right I bomb, I planted bombs. Yeah. You damn right I tried to kill motherfuckers. Yeah. You know why? Because I will kill you to uphold my rights. Right. My rights and my people. <laughs> You're not gonna See, right. and I understand. That was one of the things during her hearing mm-hmm. that came up. Mm. Well, where do you stand? And she told him, she said, I'm a New York Puerto Rican. I'm a New York Rican. Okay. And that's that's <laughs> what, what I thought was me? so Yeah. Cuz what it did? Mm-hmm. You can answer a question in such a way when you're being interrogated. Right. Right? You can answer a question in such a way that those that you want to hit are hit. Those that are Correct. in between that don't have all they the information, but they but they'll be motivated, right, to find out. Well, why did she say that? Right, enough to provoke the right reaction. If you're that sharp and strategic, which I believe that's that she's always been. Oh, always been. Oh, always very been. clear. Always been ass mm-hmm. kicking. Yes. Straight up ass kicking. Exactly. And she, to me, 
would be a good model. Okay. Well said. I get it. Yeah. For a black woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. To in. sit on there and yep. like, I ain't got to tell you all my shit. Right. Because at this I'm point. I'm going to tell you what I need you to know. Right. To vote yes. Yeah. You know what? She's, she's, I think she's a quick learner. Oh, very she fast. She obviously was under Ruth Gator. Uh, uh, Ginsburg. Ginsburg. And I'm sure that she was sharp enough to observe everything around her because she's young enough to do that. Not in a way of privilege, but because she knows where she came from. That's why she said it. I didn't come from, you know, someplace with a silver spoon in my mouth. I'm a newer Rican first. Get that. Okay. And if you don't know what that means, that means I got street savvy and I'm sensitive, but I'm also educated and sharp enough. And I will whoop your motherfucking ass. ass. So. She's coming in now, now. Whoever comes in because she's that got that machete savvy. So I hope that they're smart enough to know and listen and get all of the inside because now it's been over 10 years. It's about 12 years she's been there. Time is gone. She's seasoned now. And so it's all, but at the same time, she she knows, and I know that she's savvy enough to know how to play that game. We talked a little earlier she about played the corporate it. game. She, she, played she played it. it. She played it. That's how she got on the right. United States Absolutely. Supreme Court. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And I get it. I get it. And she did. Smart woman. I respect her. Yes. With one, one, I respect those that are willing to throw down yeah. for them and theirs. Mm-hmm. See, because the first time right. I read about what happened with the, the case of the Puerto Ricans and Congress and bombs and all that shit, right? Right. These motherfuckers were absolutely fearless. <laughs> yeah. Fearless. Uh-huh. I don't give a fuck that you the U.S. Empire. What? You, what, uh, what? Uh-huh. Uh, you think I respect that? Fuck you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I respect the fact that at a time, because when that happened, there weren't a lot of front page issue struggles. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they nonetheless took the hardest position possible. I will destroy you and yours and your country <laughs> if it will free my people. And that's the bottom line. So listen, since we're talking about court, I want to just bring up, uh, and you know what? And so we're looking forward, looking forward to who the uh, the nominees are. In, yes. And so that we can get right into it and move on with this country. Move on. We will man. talk about nominees on our next broadcast. Okay. No, We've got to. That's we, coming. We, we don't have a chance. We're do we don't that. have a choice. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about, speaking of court issues, someone that we have not heard a peep from in quite a while. Uh, there, First of all, I'm going to back into this. We know that there are numerous of lawsuits going against, uh, what did you call the drift, drifter again? Uh, El Duce. El Duce. Which is the name given to Mussolini. Mm. <laughs> as a fascist dictator. El Duce. Okay, so we're talking about <laughs> Trump, y'all. But anyway, but I'm backing into this because I want to talk about, and I didn't know this, so if you're talking about black women with law uh, backgrounds, and I believe Amarosa Manigault Newman has one. Um, 
And that's how she got her, you know, she, she was a savvy with a little media uh, background, too. She understand how to play on that. How to work it. Yeah, how to work it. And that's how she got in on an apprentice. And ultimately, hello, knock on the door next day, you know, she's in in the White House. <laughs> And what was she, the press, uh, not the press uh, secretary, she was over in that area. But anyway, she was actually sued by the Trump uh, campaign yeah. uh, because she came out with a book, uh, you know, as did everyone else, you know, but he, but he wanted to silence her because she did the one thing that nobody else did. She had his jackass on record on her phone. So I'm sorry, what was that? You you said you didn't say that? Uh, hold on just yeah, a minute. Yeah, what was it? Say the N-word again? Hold on, let me, let me say push, it again? Let me push play. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, she had that ass wired for sound. She had it wired. So, but ultimately, and I actually just learned about this, and I think this was, the ruling was in September 2021. I didn't know. But on the other hand, he got, instead of he lost... She did not. She was able to go ahead and continue on with the, her book publication yeah. and career. But uh, in addition to um, monies, I think uh, they tried. They tried to tag at least a million dollars on her, and it, there was an adverse effect to that <laughs> that old lawsuit yeah. on uh, on Trump. And, and not only that, what happened? He also got into bigger debt of legal fees. He's been dealing with it. You know what? And I think this is a smart thing about uh, the sister that is the uh, district uh, of Manhattan. Uh, what's her name? New York. Of New Attorney York. General. Excuse me. Attorney General. Letitia James. Letitia James. Is that all of these things, first of all, he should have been under the, under the jail. But you've got all of these cases against this man who thinks that he can get out of everything because he's like, gotten out of everything. He's gotten out of what was it? He could said he could shoot people right on on uh, um, uh, 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 not Broadway, but in New York, Manhattan, uh, in Manhattan. In the middle I can shoot street. a motherfucker in in in, in Manhattan on the street. Everybody see it. Ain't nobody saying shit. Ain't nobody saying shit. And ain't nothing gonna you, happen you to him. You fucked up. He really thought that he was the emperor. You fucked up. Period. Because if I see your ass, I'm not only telling. I may enhance my telling. <laughs> okay. So, so he has piled up the yin yang legal fees that how you going to get out of this mofo. Now I know that he has filed bankruptcy and that's been his career. But see, but, but just tool. N- not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but the important thing to understand about where he was then and where he is now. Mm-hmm. Now, if he files bankruptcy, mm-hmm. it's going to be a real bankruptcy because it's going to be his personal bankruptcy. Uh-huh. See, what he did before was that he's always filed bankruptcies related to uh, uh, an entity, a corporation. Mm-hmm. This time around, he would actually have to file personal bankruptcy because they can snatch up whatever and, and you know you got a moped give me that moped motherfucker you he's can't had, have that moped right and we know he's tried to hide all kind of things but you know what so i guess 
<laughs> you know, and, and we know that he's also infamous for the NDA, the non-disclosure agreements, right? But that case also proved that the weakness of the how he just, yeah. you know. Well, for, for example, just so that those that may not be familiar with NDA, mm-hmm. non-disclosure agreement, mm. okay? These are frequently used by people that have a long list of reasons that they don't want people to disclose anything about their operation. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, anything, anything, period. That, yeah. Period. You don't even, don't like, even I go to the bank on Tuesday. No, no, no. Right. Shut the fuck up. Right. So, but what happened with Trump was, was that, after Amarosa's NDA was kicked out, and there's another one that was kicked out, and I don't remember the case. But after those two, then what happened was that there was a blanket uh, decertification or devaluation mm. of all the NDAs he assigned. Mm. So, okay. for example, in Amarosa's case, uh-huh. the people that signed when they were a part of apprenticeship, uh-huh. all of them have been approved and have completed their process of suing Trump. In other words, they were being blocked by the existence of the NDA. Right, okay. When, when Amarosa's case required them to dig to go deep, drill down, they found that, and this is very interesting because it says Mm -hmm. something about Trump. Mm -hmm. It goes way beyond all the shit we talk about. The court in Amarosa's case said, well, the NDA is so broad that it has no effect. Well, think about this. It's almost like saying, She's a whistleblower. Yeah. And you're going to say NDA cancels out the protection yeah. of a whistleblower? It's, I don't believe that it does. No. But it was weak no. anyway. Well, not only that, but see what what the the what I'm trying to say is that the value of the decision that benefited Amarosa and at least one other and maybe in two other yeah, cases. Yeah, there was some other that, ones. I'm not But the value of those decisions mm-hmm. is that there was a, a, a judicial determination mm-hmm. that his NDAs were so broad as to be without effect. So okay. that means. So that so means. Well, the language of the NDA. Non-binding, really. They're weak. Well, right. Whatever. But, so what happened was that ding, 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 a whole bunch of other people with NDAs, Mm. some from the apprenticeship, some from other dealings, all those NDAs were invalidated. As a result of Omarosa's decision. Which now, what that means is that all the people that had sued him, whether it was one million, five million, twenty million, what, whatever it was, mm-hmm. 
hundred grand, whatever it was. All of those cases went forward. Okay, you know it's interesting because it says here that the uh, the in the ruling, the uh, the judge uh, said that those agreements define confidentiality too broadly. They were weak. They were weak. They were bullshit. They were weak. See, what he did hit and this is this is where you get grip. Now, this is an example. I want to give this. This is an example of mm-hmm. grifter thinking. Okay. Okay. Yes. From Trump's perspective, he wanted the NDAs to be as broad as possible. Because he used grifter resources, mm-hmm. grifter legal thinkers, mm-hmm. they didn't understand that NDAs hmm. are defined mm-hmm. as yeah. effective or ineffective based upon how well they're drafted. Oh, there's, there's a lesson in that. So Clearly. now, so <laughs> because you, you chose to go broad. Okay. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Then what happens is when Omarosa's NDA gets kicked out, all the other NDAs get kicked out because they were result. all done by the same attorney. Over and over. It was standard for him. It was, it was Clearly. Just, just. It was just it, a standard. Stamp it out. You're, I signed you're it. You're covered. Just, just, it must okay. have been Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, I'm it, just saying. It, yeah, okay. <laughs> Based upon what's happening with Rudy. It may have been. I don't know. Okay. Pooty Rudy. But. Rudy Pooty. The bottom line is is that this is an example of how you go after someone who truly believes they're without peer, <laughs> that you don't have the ability to come after me. And now he's got Leela James, Attorney General from the state of California. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. You've got... You've got uh, Whoever took over from Vance in the Manhattan DA's office on the criminal charges. Bankrupt. Yep. Okay. Mm. See, because one one thing nobody's talking about, and I find this very interesting. Mm. I know it's the truth. The way that this country, this government, Mm -hmm. went after organized crime was that they used a diversity of strategies. That's why, for example, out of all the shit that Al Capone did, they got him on taxes. Okay, yes. Oh, that's how they got him. Okay. Yeah. So that means to me, to my way of thinking, when all the legal beagles were in the room, the guy that was like over murders, okay? The guy that was over blackmail. The guy that was over the early, early drug shit and bootlegging. The guy that dominated was the IRS guy. Hmm. That's what Capone actually went to prison for. Oh. Was IRS tax evasion. That's how that was the only thing that they could get him. Because everything else involved too many yeah. conflicting things. Right. But with with 
IRS tax evasion, mm. either you evaded tax or you didn't, motherfucker. So you see a correlation then. I see a, a correlation right here with uh, right here with Trump right now. Okay, because Trump is a grifter, just like just like Al Capone was a criminal. <laughs> Period. I don't. You know, it's nothing against Al or his family mm. or his descendants. Mm. He was a goddamn criminal. Well, if it walks like a duck. <laughs> and quacks like a duck. It's a... A duck. It's a fuck duck. A fuck duck. A fuck duck. A fuck duck. I like that. I have to remember that. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So uh, moving on in, um, let's talk just a little briefly about the NFL. Speaking of lawsuits, we're on a legal day, dear. Brian Flores former head coach of the Miami Dolphins has alleged his complaint. Actually, he was uh, released. Yeah. Discriminated against released. Right. Illegally. Illegally. And, you know, and he was one, one. I think he's the only head black coach right now. I'm not sure. Well, he, he was. Or was. The only head black yeah. coach. So, on, uh, so about a week ago, former Miami Dolphins head coach sued the NFL filing that a filing a 58-page class action lawsuit that includes accounts of discrimination by three teams, not one. You thought it was a Miami and Dolphins. And it's tight. It's tight. The New York Giants and the Denver Broncos. And, you know, so, and it says that, uh, you know, where the NFL's conduct can be judged by a jury of Mr. Flores' peers. He is determined that the only way to effectuate real change is through the courts. So. Ain't that how, wait, wait. Wait a minute. L- the L- Dolphins, the loss, the suit says that the owner's, the owner of the Dawson, Stephen Ross, offered to pay him $100,000 for each game lost in 2019 in a bid to tank, uh, let's see, in a bid to tank secure number one pick in an upcoming NFL draft. Yeah. Wow. In other, in other words, now, now what's happening right there? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's stay clear. Okay, let's, what's let's happening? Let's be clear. Brian Flores filed a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. The critical element is that it's class action. Oh, right. So that That's means right. that every other coach of color of color can get in join on the lawsuit. That's right. So then mm. the response of the Dolphins is to say, "Look, my payoff, my way of paying you off, is based upon ABC." Mm-hmm. Okay. Problem is, is that that strategy doesn't address the root cause. The root cause is widespread racial discrimination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if I pay you off, Mr. Flores, uh-huh. that doesn't address the, uh, the, the root issue. Correct. The root issue is a class <laughs> Action Lost. on behalf of coaches right. of color of color right in the NFL. Mm. So mm. now, because I'm gonna tell you something, I saw one legal analysis that said Brian Flores should tell the NFL 
I want this many minions hmm. and I want the class action suit to go forward. Right. Wow. So that means, okay, mm. say he gets off at 20 mil. It doesn't stop the class action. It doesn't stop it anyway, which which is smart. Smart as Critical. Hell. Critical. Smart. So the so it accuses the NFL of racism in hiring coach. You know, all and, the, all, and the it, shit. all of all of that, everything that falls up under that, which you know what, good for you. And it's so funny. This is what four years after Colin Kaepernick got on a fucking knee. I mean, really? And I, well, see, this is this is what happens. Who and never got to play again. No, this is what happens. So when you think mm. you're superior. And you think you have <laughs> control mm. and domination yeah. of the play field. And you don't. See, because Flores, mm. yeah. Flores could make them fall in love with Kaepernick. <laughs> okay, I mean just right. in terms of the challenge. Yeah. The challenge, they would much prefer. To be able to settle some shit with Kaepernick, <laughs> then they have to go forward with this shit. Right, because this, this is a lot, a lot deeper. The class, them, right? The class of coaches, right? And it's color. a problem for the league. It's a problem. Oh, honey. So when it comes to black coaches, there is currently one black head coach. Uh, his name is Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And twenty-four white coaches. Right. In 2021, there were only 34% of assistant coaches, uh, uh, assistants. Uh, assistants that were black, while 57 were white. In the player demographics, uh, 58% of the NFL players identified as black and 25% uh, as uh, white. Uh, it ain't looking good when it comes to racism in the NFL at all. But see, this is, hey, this is exactly why Colin Kaepernick mm. yeah. did not yeah. capitulate. Mm. That's why he did not succumb. Right, I he see. He did not yeah. submit. Right. Because he's like, look, motherfucker, I've been reading the stats. <laughs> Check this out. You fucked up. Yeah. And I'm glad he stood his ground. He didn't bow down. He oh, didn't yeah. bend over. And wait, wait. And, and see, and this, this to me is telling. Okay. Kaepernick was nobody. They made him somebody. <laughs> because Kaepernick carved out mm-hmm. a specific area mm-hmm. and said, BAM! Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, no, no, that's not the case. No, no. Wow. What you don't understand is Kaepernick had an intimate knowledge of what was going on. Right. And he wasn't even trying to necessarily what Flores is doing. He was just standing up as as an athlete, Black Lives Matter. And under the Constitution, I got a right to, to this. To sit down uh, sit down or bend on a knee with my hand still on my heart as Martin Luther King did in protest. Simple. 
Flores is saying he's doing something big. That's that's really going to make and I them both bow down. know. Flores is telling the NFL. Yeah. You and I both know mm. that it there is the evidence of systemic clear racism. Yes. In the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I appreciate about his his class action lawsuit, it's not limited. What do See, you mean by he, that? Well, what I mean is, he was a coach. Yeah. It doesn't limit it to coaches. Okay. Okay. See, okay. so well, what he's he saying is five points here. Yeah. So the five points that he wants to address: one is increase the influence of black individuals in hiring and in termination decisions for general managers, coaches, and coordinators. So he's not including players on that one. This is all particularly as it pertains to management level. Number two, increase the objectivity of hiring and termination decisions for black general managers, head coaches, and coordinators. Three, increase the number of black coordinators. Four, incentivize the hiring and retention of black general managers, coaches, and coordinators through compensation. And five, com- complete transparency with respect to pay for all GMs, coaches, and coordinators. There it is. This is not on behalf of the players. This is really all about uh, coaching and well, it's and about management. it's about the other areas Behind of discrimination. Matters. You don't want to be just. But not only that, we already know what's you know on the field when we're talking about in the plantation. They don't want too many people up in the house with that decision-making. No. They don't even want you present when they make a decision. Right. Check that. Not just, just think about that. I'm a coach for a prominent team, an NFL team, mm-hmm. right? You don't even want me to know how you reach the decision. Right, yes. Let's alone, let's alone be involved. Right. Involved? Who the fuck are you on the team? Fuck you. See, and that's where I think a lot of Flores' impact is going to be is that we all know that professional sports is damn near a direct reflection of the slave market. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, when that, the first time I saw the, whatever they call the event, when they do all the testing and running and, oh, and all of that yeah, shit, uh-huh. uh, I forget what they call it, but they did everything but measure the length of a nigga's dick. <laughs> everything, everything, everything. Wow. That's just like being on an auction block, which is, the same. Just the know. goddamn the same. Wow. I tell you. Okay. I can't, I can't. But that's but that that's that's why Flores, in spite of what, you know, the corporate media says. Yeah. Flores got their testicles mm, in mm, a goddamn mm, uh mm. uh what do you call it? Uh, vice. Oh, okay. Okay? It's like, look, you don't have to like me. I don't I don't care if you ever speak to me. 
But check this out. I got y'all shit on block. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm I'm with him. I'm with him one nine thousand percent. I oh, just yeah. hope that uh, <laughs> that <laughs> you know uh, he wins and he succeed. Colin Kaepernick is still young enough to play. He's 34 years old. He's only 34. We're talking about when they decided to castrate him, so to speak. At about It's been about going about four years. Four or five, 20, damn near. 2016, he knelt. You're right. It's going yeah. on five years. Yeah. Which is crazy. And uh, apparently, he was heckled at a freaking Knicks game with Spike Lee. Ka- yeah. Kaepernick. Yeah. Just a couple of days ago. Yeah. You know, and the crowd is like leave leave race out out of it. You know what? Motherfuckers. This is just going to tell you that what's out there. Okay? MAGA. Right. And they're in all the sports fans, you know, and fanship. Well, they're part of the fan nation. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Have you heard about him lately? Yeah. And Spotify and Spotify stock is slamming faster than. Bam! <laughs> Bam! Okay. Bam! Bam! <laughs> please, please, please stop. Please stop. Don't. Don't. Bam! I mean, Bam! Yeah. And he uh, messed up with all of his numerous of not only in in sling, but just total. Assism. Well, he but dear, he's a grifter. Joe he's Rogan? a minor. Oh, he's a minor Trump. Really? Joe Rogan ain't shit. You know what Joe Rogan has done? Listen, listen, just just check it out. Okay. Now I know he was a comedian. Yeah, but but. Okay. Joe Rogan saw an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've got a platform. I've got a following. And he got a big platform too. I hate to okay. say it. Okay, but 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 hey, Spotify I gave got, him two hundred uh, a contract for two hundred million. Yeah, but but his contract with Spotify mm-hmm. is performance based. Yeah, that's okay. right. But but what no? What I'm saying is, he has to be able to sustain. Yeah. What he's building. A, a follower, followership, yeah. Or the contract falls dead. Mm. Well. But see, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's approach was classic grifter. Yeah, he gets a I little see, bit of everybody on that I damn, see, but um, hey, I see no. that if I play it right, mm. Whether I'm right or wrong, left or right, up mm-hmm. or down, mm-hmm. whatever, <laughs> I will get paid. Mm. Now, it's important to remember mm-hmm. that before he wasn't getting paid. There was a time, yeah, right. Okay. So now, now, even if my two hundred million goes down to ten million, mm-hmm. I'm still getting ten million. <laughs> I never had no opportunity to do that before. Mm. And that's why I think a lot of people are sort of baffled 
by the way he's responding. Because mm-hmm. basically he's saying, nah, So here's the first it. thing. So, you know, because of Joe Rogan's behavior, you've got all these other big names that just pulled their shows or pulled all their stuff. So Spotify just just five hours reportedly deleted 100 episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. That because his shows are quickly disappearing because what is happening is that just like Joe saw his opportunity others who oppose Joe like motherfuckers Mm -hmm. have said oh well wait a minute cancel about 19% of the users have already canceled the service that's going to make your dick your balls hurt hello Yes, it's like Meta, Facebook, their their stock. Oh, oh, plummeted, plummeted. Yes, yeah, totally. Wow, you know, hey, life in social, you know, in the in the era of the social malu. Yeah, uh, the social. Uh, it's rough out there, baby. Yeah. Rough out there. But, you know, here it is. People want to, you know, be all out there and up and, you know, and uh, yeah. feeling all entitled. Yeah. And, well, you know, you know I do the, the, what the, I want. Just, just I to do say what this, I want. <laughs> Madison Cawthorn, that's the, the white boy in uh, the Congress hmm. who in the wheelchair. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, one... One, it's been confirmed that he lied about how he became con- handicapped. Paralyzed. Oh, really? Okay, one. Okay. That's one. Okay. Wait, wait. One. <laughs> Two. That's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting up on stage in this motherfucking wheelchair. Yeah, it's way embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. And you don't tell but then, two, he's got three to five. Sexually related cases against him. What's that? Well, one woman said, Look, he drove her in his car Mm -hmm. at 80 miles an hour on a 30 mile an hour street Mm -hmm. and then confronted her about fucking him. Okay. So, but the bo- bottom line is for Madison, okay. he's he's got a laundry list like his like his inspiration, Trump. He's got a laundry list of shit. Okay, well, Mr. Wheelchair Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So be, so, so be it. But you busted. Your ass okay. is out in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? The bottom line is, like one reporter I saw said, I suggest that Representative Cawthorn stop appealing, appearing in his wheelchair. Wow. Well, take heed to that, Mister uh, uh, Mr. Hawthorne. You know, roll yourself right on off the stage because nobody want to hear no more lies. 
So, well, in other news, before we wind up, did you know that the uh, old It's All Good Bakery, now this is for Oaklandite, so I'm just going to say that right now we're doing a little Oaktown juice. So the former uh, building that was once the Black Panther headquarters, Black Panthers Party's headquarters, which is located in North, North Oakland. It was also once uh, Dr. Bay's It's All Good. I think it's... No, no, no. Oh, no, no. no that's MLK. I'm sorry. MLK. On MLK. The old It's All Good Bakery, which is owned by a Mr. Kim. Don't know the first name. Uh, mm-hmm. That there are plans to tear it down and build a... Uh, apartment complex. Apartment complex. Yeah. 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 Well, see... One of the reasons I know K Cloud, that's his name in the Dragons, East Bay Dragons. Who is that? K Cloud is the owner, Mr. Is, Kim. Is he Korean? No, no. Oh, he's no, black. No. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Kim. That's the first name. I'm sorry. Yeah, K Cloud. Is- <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was about to just say, okay, that's what they do. I'm wrong. <laughs> No, Mr. But, okay. but what Mr. happened? What happened was that because of appeals made to K Cloud mm-hmm. to stop what he was doing in terms of supporting and 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 uh, uh, expanding the community's perception mm-hmm. of the Panther Party and. Well, what was he doing? Was there something wrong? No, of course there was nothing wrong, baby. It was the fact that he owned the goddamn motherfucker. Yeah. And he was was telling people this was one, at one point, when... That's almost a historic place. No, no, it is a historic place. See, if you... Where he's located is here. Yeah. This is the uh North Oakland Senior Center. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. And all of that, yes. right? The former Merritt uh College Merritt College campus. campus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the historic relationship was that when it was the his the, the Merritt College campus, this was the headquarters of the Panther Party. Yes. Okay. Yes. Years later, he gets it, you know, he builds uh, It's All Good Bakery. But if you go in it, It's All Good Bakery, he's got all the historic shit. See, I've never seen that. I've never okay. been in there. Okay. But when you when you get a chance, okay. this is 50. Before it's gone. I know exactly where it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so what happened was that when they started trying to rain on K Cloud, K Cloud's thing was, well, this is history. Yeah. Right. You know what what, what no matter what you think mm. of what happened here, mm-hmm. history happened here. Right. Right. Bottom so line. that's what has has created this ongoing shit. Okay. To where you got people saying, well, you know, um, some people don't feel the same about the Black Panther Party. Blah, 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 blah. It's just a, a, a crock of shit. Okay. Okay? But the bottom line is, is that what it represents is what happens when we have control of institutions 
and businesses in our community. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of people that do business with It's All Good Bakery because every time they go in there, they're reminded. Is he planning to keep the bakery business? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't, I really don't know what, yeah, I really don't know what his plans are, but Mm -hmm. I do know this. I do know they've been trying to pay him and push him out. Hmm. Okay. Now here's the thing. You're going to build whatever amount of building and housing and it's right across the board, the, the, the BART train. So you got the noise of the train right there. So I wonder who are they targeting the housing for? They don't give a fuck. <laughs> See that 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 no seriously, seriously. I don't I don't mean to be flippant, right, but right, right. what they want to do is drive him out. Right. See because long after the party been gone. Mm. Long after all the other shit has happened. Yeah. To be able to walk into a community bakery and because the whole front of his bakery right. is like Panther headquarters. Wow. I didn't know that. Did you know, I, I, I guess, well, well, I don't want to digress too much, you know, because that might be offline conversation. <laughs> but uh, there was um, just right next door, uh, he was an architect. I can't think of his name. He passed. Um, black architect next um, door to uh, just up the st- few doors down okay um, I um, can't think of the name of it but okay anyway but obviously at one time that was all black owned part uh, oh yeah because all along there and you know over from the 60s on and so forth I mean it's pretty amazing so I didn't know that and there was that kind of part of history to me just like the unveiling uh Dana King who did the unveiling right. of the well she the did the statue of Huey of Huey Newton not yeah. just last year yeah I know. so to hear that this place is almost a part of history is just kind of oh no it's a definite part see cuz understand mm-hmm. understand that in the first year or two years of creating the Black Panther party Merritt College on MLK was the headquarters. That's where the party started. Okay, got it. Okay. I got it. And then what happened was that they, and and a lot of people, I don't know all the details, but a lot of people believe that the reason that Merritt College is up on 35th Avenue is to remove it from that. From that area. Period. Because the history is undisputed. Okay. There's well, no. You know, dispute. it's amazing that you said that, and um, because I just read something that uh, uh, when Huey was uh, chased or being chased by some cops, um, you know, this is when in the early days. Yeah. And he drove. They chased him over there, and right in front of the Merritt College campus he he had he and his guys they had their guns and their shotguns and they got out the car no they they saw somebody being harassed i'm sorry yeah they saw a policeman harassing someone on the street and they and got stopped. out with their cars i mean with the guns and everything right in front of merrick college and and said what's the problem and then the police turned on them and it was a big big ruckus big blowout but huh? 
the policemen finally stood down and walked away. And then when all the students at Mary College saw that chick go down, they all wanted to sign up. It's like, I've never seen a black man do this before. They all wanted to become pamphlets at that time. I said, no, that was a that's, amazing but see, story that's, to read. That's, I never heard that And before. that is why K-Cloud is encountering all kind of shit hmm. about this move to whether they're going to... De- uh, um, demolish, demolish rebuild, blah blah da, blah blah da, because now if they dedicate the building as a housing in, in the, the name life, of in the name of then I can understand that yeah that would give honor and longevity but see what they're trying the, to do what, was it, the what they're trying to do things like that is to undo community? the history See, because that incident you just mentioned, yes. that's only one. I'm, I'm sure. No, no, that, that, that's only one. I'm sure. And there were numerous other incidents right. to where the party stood down OPD. Mm. See? Mm. And that's what they're trying to get around. They're like, no, we're not trying to perpetuate that shit. Mm. Fuck them niggas. Well, you know what? It, well, it's already happening because they've already posted the development plan Apparently, it's already approved in the window, and so thus it is. So I just hope that that they whatever they do in you know historically to preserve uh, some part. Because one one of the things that the K Cloud wants to do that's the owner of it's all good, right? So now one of the things K Cloud has put on the table is that. We have to have a joint right here. Well, and we have to have a, a joint, Ooh. even if it's not, excuse me, <laughs> even if it's not, it's all bakery. It has to be a memorial okay. to, the to the history. All right. Well, listen, on that note, we're going to close it up for today. I just want to say, you know, thank you all for vibing with we, and we want to uh, make thank sure you, thank you, thank you. Subscribe, follow, share, like. Hey, hit hit us up on Facebook on um, the Vibe Juice, and uh, and let us know. You know, make sure that you rate us. We appreciate the five star rating. So contact us, leave a comment, and just want to say until next time. Thanks for listening. Listening. Peace. Black love. Black love. Black love y'all. <laughs> we do love you. Thank you for listening. Join us again. <laughs>